It is the Battle of Canada tonight in the NHL. In one corner, the Toronto Maple Leafs have 61 points in 45 games. In the other, the Winnipeg Jets have 59 points in 45 games. A Jets win, and Winnipeg is tied with the Maple Leafs for the battle of the top team in Canada, which every year directly results in a deep, deep playoff run and often a Stanley Cup win. Joining me now to talk all things Maple Leafs from inside the Maple Leafs, it is David Alter. David, good afternoon. Thanks for joining the show today. Thanks for having me on, Matt. How's it going? Everything is fantastic. Um, and a lot going on with the Maple Leafs. But first, we'll start with your column. We'll start with your column. Um, you cool. you wondered aloud, are the Leafs tough enough? And this was in you know the last couple of games. Things have been a little bit more spicy, a little more physical. You you quote uh, Austin Matthews for admitting that he's been trying to hit a little bit more. A little bit more. Um, what are your thoughts um, first on if you believe the team is tough enough? Yeah, I think I think they are, I, and I I preface the question, or I guess maybe not a preface, but even at the end, saying it, it all doesn't really matter if they're not as tight defensively and they're not getting the good goaltending and all the other things that have made the Maple Leafs so good this season. Um, but yeah, there there certainly is a time when the the pace of the game changes, and when I was in Boston it was probably the most replicating of what a playoff game would feel like under this group. And you saw more jawing, more, more battles, more uh, kind of guys in people's faces and extracurricular activities. And it seemed to give the Leafs a bit of a lift. And then that carried over into Florida when you saw someone like Michael Bunting step into Austin Matthews defense, even though Matthews was perfectly fine in that situation. Um, Bunting stepped in there and, you know, the extra pushing and shoving and all those things that do come while trying to monitor discipline are important. Those are, those are the things that I felt in previous years, uh, other teams did well against the Maple Leafs. And so it's not, it's just one ingredient. It's not everything. The Leafs still have to play to their game and, and what makes them really good. But I've noticed a bit more of an edge in this team and some of the other new acquisitions have also stepped up and made it feel more like a team that can be intimidating and, and really kind of rise when the bell is rung. And so I think that's important. Oh, yeah. And, and the funny thing is, I bet the pushback is going to be from probably a very specific demographic. They'll be like, get out of here, caveman. The problem with the Leafs is the star <laughs> players only score one goal in game sixes and sevens of the playoffs. But the toughness issue is a real one. Otherwise, why would Wayne Simmons still be on the team? Yeah, there's certainly an element there. I mean, he is brought in for a very specific role, although I did kind of find it peculiar that given that this is expected to be a chippy affair tonight against the Jets, that it's not going to be Wayne Simmons. But I also think that speaks to the Dryden Hunt, the Jordy Ben, the other guys who've stepped up in that category who can collectively be that guy but bring all the skill and all all the other things that come to the game that are necessary to win. So uh, I think that's really important. All the other stuff with it, when it comes to the analytics, the expected goal shares, the offense, uh, the tight defensive game that the Leafs have been playing and the good goaltending that they've gotten during stretches of the season, that's, that's certainly a priority. But you need to bring a present, you, a presence. You see that. Uh, after the big, uh, the big shoving match at the end of the second period against Boston, Austin Matthews scores. Yeah. 
And then he, and he mentions that the fight woke up the team a little bit. And then in that following game against Florida, same thing. There's more pushing and shoving. Austin Matthews scores. The team is fired up, and it, it, it brings them back. It's all part of a story. It's all part of a script that happens between the start and the finish of the game. And so this is a one little ingredient that I think the Leafs are starting to get better at. Dave, you can only pick one, um, and this is a question about the Leafs' defense. Which storyline interests you more? And these aren't. This isn't a massive storyline, but it's one that can have repercussions. The return of Rasmus Sandin, who replaces Connor Timmins and will play with Jordy Ben, or just Lilligren getting another game with Morgan Riley as T.J. Brody is suddenly coming back. Lilligren with Riley or Sandine's return? Which one uh, do you have more interest in? A Lilligren with Riley just because this is something I wondered aloud when Morgan Riley kind of came back in those first two games and TJ Brody wasn't around. But then when uh, Brody came back and then Brody was gone again, they tried Riley Timmons and Riley had five different defensive partners over that stretch of nine games or so where it seemed pretty clear that when he was playing with Timothy Lilligren outside of Brody, that that was the best defense partner. And clearly they've discovered that they saw that against the Panthers and they're going with it again. And Sheldon Keith admitted today that he likes the confidence that Lilligren has helped bring in someone like Riley, who brings some stability into that role. Nowhere else do you see across the league where your number one guy is rotating with so many different defensive partners, especially coming back from an injury. So it was a bit of a weird compliment that you have that much faith in Riley, but also weird that you're expecting too much out of a guy who's just coming back and the defense has played so well with all these other pairs. You can like Sandy and Lilligren all you want, and that was a, a great defensive pair uh, for when they were playing 3-4, and it's still a good defensive pair for 5-6, but when it's coming at the cost of what you're doing at 1-2, then you have to have the flexibility to break up the 5-6. So they made the right move here. Sandine playing with Ben is interesting. I think that's more of an indictment on Timmins trying to find his game after the last couple of games where it's, it's not gone as well for him. And if he's no. not contributing offensively, then he's not really doing much of a case to keep him in the lineup. So that that's just kind of my point, which is Keep the 5-6, let it rotate as long as your 1-2 and 3-4 are stable. And that's what Lilligren brings with someone like Riley. Uh, I saw this question that my producer wrote. And again, joined by Dave Alter, publisher and reporter for Inside the Maple Leafs, which is part of the Sports Illustrated Media Group. I set the line at two and a half fights tonight between the Jets and, uh, and the Maple Leafs. Are you taking the over or the under? I'm going to have to say under. And the only reason I say under is there's going to be a lot of pushing and shoving, I think, like we saw in that game against Florida. But, I mean, look at what Radko Gudas did. That should have been a fight, and it wasn't because yeah. of turtles, right? Like, there's going to be so many things that I think would stop a fight from actually breaking out to a fight that I think two is probably where it maxes out at. Because even though there might be a third, I think the refs, with all the talk about game management these days, are pretty good at just stopping something before that happens once they know it's going to be a problem. Like, I've seen many times where it looks like these guys want to fight. Before it even happens, a whistle goes, boom, misconduct, boom, misconduct. So that's going to get into a, uh, into the way of a lot of the fun on the overs there. So I would take the under for sure. Um, would you take uh, the... 
Let's see. What's the best way to put this? Um, would you bet yes that at some point during the game tonight we will see Sheldon Keefe's face as red as Rudolph's nose and just yelling and screaming where it leads to him getting fined even though Paul Maurice and Daryl Sutter never get fined, but Sheldon Keefe does? Yeah, that's a weird one. I don't know how Paul Maurice didn't get fined for comments when when he's rehashing something else he got fined for. So yeah. that's a whole that's a whole other thing. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think, I think it's fair to say that you'll see some animated gifts on the timeline of, uh, of, uh, Sheldon Keith today. It just seems to be the way as far as how red, I don't know what the color template is. So, mm. uh, yeah, like that, that part, I don't know, yeah, but, we- um, I, I, you, you will see animated gifts of Sheldon Keith reacting to things. No doubt in my mind. Yeah, you know, it's funny. We got to get uh, FanDuel on that to have like five different shades, different different sort of shades of red or red intensity level, which would be something I think that would be a delight to bet on. When we look at these two teams, it's funny, like the biggest contrast is I think, you know, top to bottom, I would say the Maple Leafs have more talent, but Winnipeg has one of these things that so few teams have these days. They got the workhorse goalie, you know. They they've got the the Justin Verlander, something we don't see in baseball is that number one starter giving you two hundred plus innings. Hellebuck, what's it's it's just like his thirty fifth start out of forty six games yeah. this year. It's it's it feels like it's just becoming a rarer thing in the NHL. It is, and you know, I I listened to Rick Bonus uh, answer questions about this about what's allowed Connor Hellebuck to have success and why they've been playing him for so long, and so. The first part to it is the Jets identified a big problem last year, which was leading to Connor Hellebuck's struggles, is that he was, the team was just giving up way too many grade-eight chances in the slot, in close, and pretty much destroying the goaltender's confidence that way. And so when he took over as head coach, the first thing he looked to do is limit those and get rid of those. And even if that means allowing more shots from the perimeter, who cares? You know what? Goalies actually love that. Goalies like getting into games early and getting a feel for the puck and it allows you to stay more engaged in the game. And so you go from that to being able to see more rubber, even though it's all low danger and the stress level isn't as there that you can feel confident in, in riding a goaltender that way. If there aren't a lot of grade A chances going that way, the goaltender is just feeling the rubber, but he's not as stressed out. And so that in turn, allows for more games played. That's a little bit more old school than what most goalies would say now, but you can see the logic that if you're just getting a lot of low danger chances and and they aren't these crazy saves that you have to make and the workload is small, even though the shots are plentiful, then, then it just allows the goaltender to stay in the groove and keep playing. And so I think that's why what's made the Jets successful and why they're an anomaly, why I think, um, uh, bonus is a potential Jack Adams trophy winner it's this year. Goalie, <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> but but just take, making sure he took out the making sure he took out the grade eight chances from yeah. in close. That was burning him. That was a big thing. And the Jets also have had injuries where other guys have stepped up. They've mirrored outside of the goaltending. They've mirrored a lot of what Toronto's done this year. Dave, as we let you go, people should follow you on Twitter at DAlter. And for every Leafs game, Dave throws out a player. You've got to guess the uh, the minutes, the time on ice, and uh, and the winner. Get, is it still the? Is it still Starbucks? Is it still the? There's a couple of prizes. Oh, yeah. There's a couple of prizes. There's that, and then there's another one. 
uh, that uh, for in the sports wagering uh, realm as well. Okay, well, who, who can you give it away now, or are you, are you holding? Are you are you waiting until near closer to game time? Because I've never won the damn thing. I've never won, never won Starbucks once. Who, can uh, you can you reveal who the player is? Yeah, I actually haven't decided yet. Who mm-hmm. should I, like? Who should it be? Who do you want it to be? Not Pontus Holmberg. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, I I would that be my first one. Why don't you go with Rasmus Sandin? Go go with Sandin. He's making all right making his I'm return tonight. Oh. I, I will do that all for right. you. you You've got the early head start. Now you yeah. really have to win. Take that, everybody. I got a venti coming my way. Um, <laughs> Dave, always a pleasure. Follow the man on Twitter. Read his content. Thank you for joining the show today. You got it. Thanks so much. Take care. That is David Alter, who covers the Toronto Maple Leafs.